Hey there, fight fans. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this episode of Combat Sports Talk. Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the keys to victory, John Key. Hello, everybody. How's it going tonight? All right. And the coach to the stars, George G-Money Stalwart. All right. All right. All right. All right. How y'all doing? Doing good. Doing good. (laughs) We all right. Learn today. We're going to learn today. So yes, we got yes, a we, we got a great show. Um I'm I'm pretty excited about all the topics. We're going to get a little controversial up in here, but before we do, today is a special day and John Keys is going to talk to us about it. So here it is. Roll your John Keys trivia knowledge of the day. Okay, so today is the first day of Black History Month, okay? Uh, Freedom's Day is for, for those who are out there. But we're going to talk about something near and dear to, um, to me, which is the Black Panther, all right? Um, we, you know, not the Panther Party because, uh, you know, that's a little too controversial. Let's talk about the character Black Panther, T'Challa, if you will. Um, May He was created um, in 1966. Uh a lot of people thought that the Black Panther was originally um, was originally named after the Black Panther Party, but in reality, uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby named him the Black Panther way before then, and it was just a total coincidence. Um, he was actually supposed to be named the Cold Tiger. He was um, one of the first uh, black, one of the first African American uh, characters in Marvel Comics, actually appearing in. The Fantastic Four, 66, The Panthers, Rage. Uh, Also one of the first uh, African-American characters to have their own title. The original, the first one going to Luke Cage, believe it or not, another black, uh, a black superhero, Uh, which if you haven't been watching the Netflix uh, Luke Cage, you're definitely missing out. Um, Movie made, made strives billions uh, millions of dollars for marvel making a part two uh it was actually beautifully uh brought to life by chadwick boseman um who that man right there in a sh- in the short span of his life had played some very iconic characters including uh jackie robinson uh, uh james brown um several others and that's all I got for today. Uh, come back in seven days, and I'll have something crazier. Okay, so I got one question for you. Yes. If the Black Panther was from Wakanda, yes. and Wakanda was in Africa, yes. can you classify <laughs> him as African-American? As yes, actually, I can. I'm going to tell you how, okay? Because... I'm going to dispute him, but I'm going to let him go ahead. All right, let's All see right, what he got. I know how because he did become a naturalized citizen in the in the volume three of the Black Panther comics. 
the one that in, that the that the Black Panther movie was most influenced by. That was a 1998 series, and it was the first time we saw uh, Everett K. Ross in there. It was it's a it's it's probably the best version of the Black Panther comics out there. If you can find it, I advise you to get it by trade paperback because that entire that entire volume was pure genius. Okay, it like I said, it is what they based the entire Black Panther that we see on the Marvel Cinematic Universe on. And on top of that, not only was he was he a naturalized citizen because he did spend several years here at, here in America as a on a student visa, but when he came back and became an Avenger. One one Henry oh god, uh Henry Gyrick, or I'm sorry Peter Gyrick. He was the he was the Avengers liaison. He sat there and said that he had to become an American, African American. Mm. Uh, all I gotta say is, how is the King of Wakanda gonna become an American citizen? Like that doesn't even seem right. Like, but. It, I don't want to know let how. Me, let me hold tell on, you about these colonizers, Ryan. These colonizers. Oh, no, come on now, no, anything. no. No, no, no. We're going to stop. I was going to say, in, the, in, in coming to America, isn't the son uh, is, is an African prince in coming to America Part 2? Isn't he an American as his mother was an American? Okay. okay. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think that I, I th- I, I, things I'm that we saying. need, things to make you go, Hmm. Anyway. Also. No, no, also. no. We're done. We're done. We're done. <laughs> well, not, nobody's gonna watch this if we just keep if we if we turn this into the Black Panther comic book podcast. Yeah. We gotta talk about combat sports talk. It's pretty awesome. Well, Black Panther awesome. definitely was able to uh what's the word? Uh, he was a legitimate combat sports artist or martial artist. Yeah, he was a super soldier. Thanks to that 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 violet. Hey, listen, uh, listen. The the super soldier. We we really got to get Ryan. We really got to get no, Ryan up on soldier. his comic book lingo. He was not a super soldier per se. Okay, a super if soldier was like per se. Let me yes. let me a correct super- you, George. Actually, he, he was he was the first super soldier because Boom. believe it or not, the the heart shaped herb is what the Germans use. It was the Germans trying to use to make their super soldier, which cat, which actually it was uh, Doctor Erskine who defected to the U.S. to make the super soldier here. So actually, they they once again colonizers bit off off of Africa once again. You can break that crow button out all you want. Tonight, I'm going to go do my research. Number one, number one, T'Challa, uh-huh. father, technically would have been the first super soldier then. And there were T'Challa, many Black Panthers yeah. way, way before. So, again, I don't think T'Challa himself was an actual super soldier person. All there I a- know, all I know is that I, I today I happen to watch a bunch of behind-the-scenes Black Panther uh videos and Mm -hmm. the director of black panther said that t'challa was a super soldier the director of the movie said i I, again i'm going to argue with that because there is a lineage of black panthers and you Mm -hmm. i'm not going i can't really call them super soldiers because they preceded the super soldier program period point blank end of discussion no way around it there is a a eon of super what I, i guess you call 
You guys are calling them super soldiers. I won't call them that. Okay, so we call them super tribesmen? Okay, I mean, what do you want to call them? They were super oh, see, warriors. Exactly. The, the, the heart-shaped herb was what the Germans were trying to base their research off of to create their super soldier because T'Chaka was was who Captain America originally met and got his butt kicked by how that you know and that's how they became aware that there that that the Black Panther was the originator, the progenitor, the ideal in which the super soldier program came from. When you saw Captain America and, and Black Panther in in the Avengers uh endgame and Infinity War fight together that was a circle coming that was just a circle coming together we have we have got to get into the content of the show guys we can't just oh, keep going on with the with with the with the black panther and and in comic books this is not comic book sports we talk we could we could sit here and talk uh, talk all the all the greatness that thanos is uh pieced up combo See, on the whole this Hulk. is you still yeah. going this is you still going <laughs> i know this bit this bit means All right. that John is going to keep going, even though I'm like, okay, stop. He's going to keep going. <laughs> On that note. Dude, can we how are we going to do in, this? Into the next segment? It, we need can, to go into the next segment. Can I get a segment. segue for it? We, yeah. yeah. Let's go ahead and segue. Speaking of talking, going too far on a topic on a podcast, let's get into our headline wow. number one topic of the day. This is Finding the Angles. All right, this is Finding the Angles. This is where we talk about the headlines that are making waves in the MMA world. And the thing that's been making the most head, headlines in this week was a, something that was said on a podcast. So let's get into our headliner. All right. Now, what's super popular these days is everybody has a podcast. I mean, literally everybody. Fans have podcasts like us. Fighters have podcasts. Retired fighters have podcasts. Sportscasters have podcasts. Everybody has podcasts. And so one podcast that um, that we're going to talk about is a podcast that is co-hosted by Sugar Sean O'Malley. Um, I, I, let me let me pull up on the run sheet. Um, the, the name of this the name of this show is Timbo Sugar Show. All right. And so he is he is having an episode. He's he's having an episode where he's got Casey Kinney, who is a, a, a current UFC fighter. And they're talking about a whole bunch of things, just a bunch of guys sitting around talking. And so they're talking about heroin and all kinds of stuff like that. And then Sean O'Malley's co-host tosses a question over to. Um, um, El, Sean O'Malley's coach, it, it, this guy's Sean O'Malley's coach, tosses a question over to Casey Kinney, asking Casey Kinney if he would ha be interested in having intercourse with uh, UFC women's flyweight Megan Anderson. Uh, call it like it was said. Say it like he meant it. He asked him, "Would he smash?" I was see. I was trying to. I was trying to keep it. Keep it. 
Keep are, it clean. We, are we talking? Oh, are we talking oh, we Hulk it. smash? No, we we're talking I'm just about saying, intercourse but, smash. But, for purposes of, uh, and context of the conversation, I think it's important that we use the vernacular that was used in order to appropriately um, address the topic. Because it, there is a difference between, you know, hey, would you like to, you know, make sweet, passionate love? Or would you like to go out on a date? It's a lot different from, hey, would you smash Megan uh, Anderson? The, okay. the, the vastly different. Yeah. It, it, okay. It's vastly different. So that was what the question was. Um, you know, and, and so when it was asked, would you smash Megan Anderson or no? Casey Kinney says, probably not, man. She's too, she's not too well. And then so Welsh says, be honest. And then Kinney says, I mean, if it came down to it and it was like 5 a.m. for she's a 5 a.m. or a 4 a.m. or they all start laughing, you know? <laughs> and so. And and so this is all happening on the podcast. And, you know, Megan Anderson happens to find out about this. Perhaps she was even watching this podcast, you know, because Sugar Sean O'Malley, he's a super popular fighter. There's a lot of people who follow him and follow his, his, his CBD and, 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 you know, his promotion of marijuana as, as, as legalization of marijuana. And so it, he's a popular figure in the UFC. And so it only and makes sense that other people will follow him. What are you going to say, George? And Casey Kenny is fighting on the same card that she's going to be fighting on. So it also makes sense that, you know, during a time when fighters are getting ready to fight like this, that on, on similar cards, that any media flack is going to, you know, circulate amongst those fighters on that card. I'm going to hear about the things that are going on with anybody else on the same card as me. Exactly. And so and, 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 and so in watching this, <clears throat> Megan Anderson posts the video to Twitter and says, I, I guess in a line of work where you can publicly talk about whatever, whether you'd have sex with a coworker is utterly degrading, in an utterly degrading way, and face zero consequences. Let me let me re reread that because I, I completely blew that. I guess MMA is a line of work where you can publicly talk about where whether you'd have sex with a coworker in an utterly degrading way and face zero consequences. Disgusting behavior, and it's unfortunate that he'll be fighting on my card in March. So Megan Anderson said that. And, and, and it really sent a shockwave through the MMA world and, and fractured uh, the fan base because part of the fan base was like, listen, that is completely unacceptable. That is out of bounds. We shouldn't be talking about our female athletes in this sport like that. The other half of the fan base was like, listen, this is a comedy podcast. These are guys talking. This is what guys talk about. Why are you being so sensitive? And so, you know, there were a lot of people on either side of the fence. For me personally, I was on the side of the fence of, you know, these female athletes are fighting so hard to one, get legitimacy in a male dominated sport. And two, the, the last thing they need is to be objectified in a way where their coworkers are talking about having sex with them. And so, you know, I, I stood firmly on, on Megan Anderson's side, but there were other people who didn't agree with me. So I wanted to see what your guys' thoughts were on this whole situation, whether you thought it was appropriate, whether you think that there are exceptions to the rule that perhaps we shouldn't talk this way, and, you know, what, what, what some of your reactions were on what you might have heard on this topic. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to take this as an opportunity to plug something called Intelligent Defense. It is a forum that we have uh, that we created here at Combat Sports Talk. And this is where this conversation, for us at least, really kicked off. Um, I think Ryan posted the question, and I was one of the first ones to respond. And I just posed the counter argument. You know, I, I definitely stated first and foremost, I don't agree with the comments made. Uh, on the podcast in in regards to Megan Anderson. But I played counterpoint to it as well, saying, hey, this is a podcast whose purpose is comedic relief, whose purpose is entertainment, and it is a it's it's a spectacle. And with that being said, this is not a, a podcast run by ESPN, the UFC, or any any of the affiliates of either of those brands. This is a podcast that's put on, I think, by Sugar Shane O'Malley and a few other guys. And, and, and again, we understand in the podcast world, there's a vast array of podcasts. Some of them you would consider newsworthy. Some of them you would consider just garbage, you know. Um, this is one of those podcasts that I think that floats on the, the other end of the spectrum <laughs> in terms of its newsworthiness. But because of who runs the podcast – it, it it catches a different light. It has a lot a lot larger audience than, say, some of the other podcasts that have similar content. So that was my first take on it was like, hey, you know, th- this is a podcast. It's, it's comedy. It's whatever, whatever, whatever. We're being a little bit too critical about what's going on there. You know, the, the same way we, we don't charge comedians for everything they say because it's comedy. That was my take on it originally. And I think I, I began posting that in the Intelligent Defense Forum. But right around that same time, I had an opportunity to, to talk with one of my female fighters uh, on my fight team. And I, I poised the question to her. How do you feel about this? What, what's your thoughts on this and why? And, it, 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 you know, it really took me aback, her response to it. You know, she, she told me, yes, yeah, she, she is offended by it and for the sake of Megan Anderson as well. I keep wanting to say Olivi for some reason, but it's not Megan Olivi, it's Megan Anderson. But what she told me was there, there were two specific points that she brought up. One, the fact that this conversation gave no thought, consideration, or anything to Megan Anderson's ability to consent or not consent to a sexual encounter with a guy such as Casey Kenny. Kenny. Right. And so she, she said that's the first part. The, it, it objectifies the woman because she's not even in the conversation to talk about necessarily her consent. How do we not know whether or not Megan uh, Anderson thinks Casey Kenny is is uh, you know uh, a three on a scale of one to ten and would never even consider thinking about him? And that's part of the problem in the conversation. The objectification is that she doesn't even get a, a, a seat at the table in this conversation. Um, the second part was I, I think it goes back to the object objectification of this person's body. Here we are talking about a sexual. In- interlude or a sexual um, soiree with someone, encounter with someone. And the only, what's the word I'm looking for? I think the word used was smash. And this goes back to the objectification of another person for sexual purposes. It's not like, hey, we're thinking these people are in a relationship or anything like this. This is simply, hey, would you smash this? And so that in its in and of itself creates this dynamic that's so different. You know, you think about it in terms of a regular work environment. It's one thing to think about your co-worker and say, 
oh, she's beautiful or, oh, she's hot or all those things. That's a normal conversation that people may or may not have at work. And it's, it's, it, then it's not based upon, you know, solely a sexual desire or anything like that. It is, it is about that person's, I guess, beauty, their face or whatever attributes we find beautiful in them. In this case, it was nothing about any attributes about her. It was strictly, would you smash? It was totally sexualized from the beginning and without her having a seat at the table. And so that, those were the points basically that one of my female fighters brought up to me. Um, and I couldn't help but, you know, sit down and think about it in terms of that because we don't, you, you never hear of a female podcast where someone's being interviewed and we toss out a question to a female, hey, would you smash Anderson Silva? Or, hey, would you smash Michael Bisping? Or would you smash Tyron Woodley? It's, it's never even been thought of. Like, we, we, you've never heard anything like that. And you won't hear anything like that. And there's a reason for that. And it, it goes to talk about the discrepancy or the, 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 the unequal playing field that there is out there when it comes to, to men and women. So those were the takes that she, she really made me step back and, and, and take in, into account, man. And it really kind of changed my idea on the topic. All right. But I, I, I do have some caveats in this as well. Casey Kenny is the one being vilified for this, but this question was talk was was tossed out there by someone else, and I think that person deserves as much, if not more, vilification in this situation because all Casey did was answer a question that was asked of him. You get what I'm saying? He he probably had no idea when he walked into that room on that show that he was going to be asked, "Hey, would you smash Megan Anderson?" And so in, in terms of the vilification of him, I think that's a little bit unfair. It is kind of like ambush journalism to some degree. And I think the person that asked that question is, it should be, is, is just as much, if not more, responsible for that behavior and, and that, that take on that. that. And that's Tim Welsh, by the way. Mm-hmm. All right, I want I want to get over to to John. John, you've kind of heard this now. You you you've had an opportunity to kind of think through your reaction. Um, what what are your thoughts on this topic? Well, um, I did see the topic on intelligence defense. I intentionally bypassed it um, for the simple fact that I understand where your fighter's coming from. I, I, okay, let me rephrase that. I heard and I understood what she said. Okay. Um, at the same time, I, I, I do blame Casey Kenny. I, I understand why he's being vilified because it's not the fact that the question was thrown out. It was the fact how he answered. Okay, if you... he. People vilifying him is the reason is because he answered the question. He answered it. Um, that type of conversation is it, it, it's one of those conversations that should have been thought through a little bit better than that. Okay, it shouldn't have been. That's one of those conversations that you don't have in a public stream. Well, I'm not going to say it doesn't happen. People talk like this all the time. All right, both men and women. Men just happen to be busted this time. Okay, with that well, said, John. Yes, I, I, but you bring up the point. 
I mean, I, I don't think that he, in coming on that show, that he had any idea he was going to be asked this. He was kind of ambushed in a way. And I, I, but, uh, I don't mean ambushed in, in terms of like, oh, he was set up. What I'm saying is when he walked into the studio that day, mm-hmm. just like now with me, you, and Ryan, y'all right. have no idea what question I may turn around and ask you that will put mm-hmm. you in a bad position. It, right. And that, that's what I think happened with him. I don't think he had any idea somebody was about to ask him something like that and that it would become such a firestorm. Yeah. Now, I get what you're saying about him not answering it, but his initial answer was just simply, no, I wouldn't do that or whatever. Ryan, Ryan, uh, I I guess, clarified his words, but then he he went back and tried to clean it up a little bit later and say, well, you know, if it was four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, that part was different. But his initial response was simply, no, I wouldn't. And I didn't see anything wrong with his response there. The question itself was wrong. His answer initially, I didn't see a problem. But then when he when he began to clarify, and I think, what was it? He stated, Ryan, well, maybe yeah, it he, was four he, or five in the morning. Yeah. So to go back through the transcript again, he says, uh, Tim Welsh says, would you smash Megan Anderson or no, Casey? K- uh, Casey responds, probably not, man. She's not too. And he pauses and says, well, Tim Welsh says, be honest. And then. Casey Kenny says, I mean, if it came down to it and it was like 5 a.m. or 4, she's a 5 a.m.er or 4 a.m.er. And then they start laughing. And then he's just, yeah. then he goes into it and he's like, just us two hanging out, like, F it, let's do it. And then Tim Welsh is like, she's piggybacking you to her room. Kenny says, yeah, like, F it. And then Tim Welsh says, yeah, for sure. So that, okay, that was so, the exchange. So once again, <clears throat> He he takes the if, if if I throw the ball at you, okay, mm-hmm. and it, it depends on what you do with that ball. All right, I'm not I'm 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 not saying Tim Welsh is totally absolved of the situation. By far, no. Okay, he once again, do we blame Howard Stern for the vulgar stuff that that he says? Yes, we do. All right, um, did we did we uh, did we blame Imus for some of the things that he said. Yes, we did. So Welsh is just as is is, is just as is in that group too. You should have known better. And I say the same thing for Casey Kenny. You should have known better. Cause you could the people are jumping on him because he should have shut it down. Now as far as my personal opinion on this, certain conversations are 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 are, are gonna be are gonna be said. That's immaterial okay people have their preferences however not all not all conversations are meant to be heard and this was definitely one of those conversations that was not meant to be that shouldn't have been heard so the fact that you put it out there you you threw yourself to the lion's pit you got what you got homie okay now as far as somebody wants to say well you know this is a blow to um, to women's lib, or if you want to make it a political situation, you can do that. You can do that. But in the grand scheme of things, how does that affect your ability? Okay. We have, we, we you know, people go through, through people talking behind their backs, talking in their face, saying all sorts of crazy things to them. Now, the lack of respect is one thing. And I'm pretty sure that Megan and Casey need to have a conversation about respect. That can happen. 
that should happen. However, the rest of the trash talk is just that trash. Ignore it. So by, walk by it. So Be I, I, I want I want to hop in. I want to hop in on this because because mm-hmm. I, I do have I do have some problems with with, with what you're saying. Um, okay. Do you recognize the name Donald Sterling? Uh, no, I do not. Not off the top of my head. Donald Sterling is a former owner of the Los Angeles Clippers who got caught on recording talking, saying very bad things about Mm -hmm. black players and his Mm -hmm. biracial girlfriend. Um, And and the reason why I bring him up is because those are conversations that were not intended to be heard by the public, but were Mm -hmm. absolutely necessary to be heard by the public so that we could have an open discourse about why those conversations and the things that were being said are wrong and inappropriate. The fact is, is that we owe our females in our society the protection and the right and the space to operate equally with us, whether that is in the workplace or if that's in the octagon. And when those conversations are taking place by men, it does not affect their ability to fight, but it does affect their ability to be taken seriously. Because if people are still talking about them for their sexual value, then they are not considering them equal participants and combatants in the ring. Hence why Casey and Megan need to have that conversation about respect. Okay, that's what that boils down to. That is, a, is a, that's a, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, and and people understand, I was raised on women's live. Okay, if if you if a woman can do it, if a man can do it, a woman can do it too, except in scientific biological situations okay man can't have man can have kids okay that that type that's immaterial i always believe that if you can do it do it okay i have much respect for women women fighters as much as i have respect for men fighters now if i do if you do see an idiot out there that is talking you know in a in an inappropriate way okay if you don't feel if if you personally don't feel that you know in a that the way that they're talking is appropriate, you can correct them. That's fine. Freedom freedom of speech does not you know is is from the government, not from the, your neighbor. All right. You can walk up and say, "Hey, man, that's not cool." All right. But all we I'm have to is, we have to agree. We have to agree that that's that that. You have that that it's our responsibility to go up and say that's not cool. And so what ended up happening on that show was not mm-hmm. someone saying that's not cool. It was actually right. condoned and, and, and fed. And what we have is we've got a, a, a portion of our MMA audience who are like, yeah, that's great. And it's like, no, we should as a community who is supposed to be built on the tenets of martial arts, and that includes respect, to see our our, our female athletes as, as people worthy of respect. Actually, perhaps because it is at this time more difficult to be legitimized as a female fighter and not to be objectified 
as 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 a, a, a sexual object, we owe them a responsibility to ensure that they are not having to be subjected to this. And so by not by, by not coming down on Tim Welch and not coming down on, on Casey uh, Kinney and, and, and other people who talk like this, what we do is we continue to perpetuate and slow the change that absolutely needs to happen for us to see the equality that we want to see in this area of sports. Okay, so you're saying, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that if one male fighter and another it talks trash about another male fighter, that the, the most respectful thing that they can do is go and talk to each other and hash, that, hash it out. Let's, find, let's say hypothetically I, I, speaking. I, 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 hold on. You, you, hold you on, characterized it as talking trash, and so the only reason why I'm, I'm, I'm interrupting you is because I don't know that we can call this talking trash. So you may have to define or clarify what you mean by talking trash, because this is sexual innuendo, which goes beyond talking trash. Okay, so if you degrade another person for either their age, sex, uh, uh, nationality, or their orientation, is that is that good enough? Is, it, okay. is that all good? Right. Is, is that, all right. Under good those thing. parameters, okay. Let's say that hypothetically speaking, and, and that. One fighter, you know, calls another fighter gay, okay, and not in the ha- and not in the in the you know, in the nice way, all right, on on a podcast. Okay. If that would it would it would it be, wouldn't it be more appropriate for the fighter that was called gay to approach the other fighter and that them to have that conversation? Okay, because that I totally say that's what needs to happen. Now, in this case, we got one fighter talking trash to another fighter. I'm not looking at the person's gender. I'm not looking at their 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 age, race, creep, whatever. We have a one fighter that's talking trash to another fighter. That fighter needs to go have that that respectful talk. That talk about respect too. Well, because okay, if Mark, if I want to offer up. Okay, I want to offer sorry, up a counterpoint there, because this trash talk is not a a mano a mano or a person a person. This is a gender endeared thing. This this person, the only reason this person is even in this conversation is because she has a vagina. Okay, you get what I'm saying? I hear you. I hear you. And and so I'm that's saying... that's what. That's what makes it. That's what makes it a a community issue or a uh, a, a protection of women issue, because we wouldn't be we wouldn't be having this conversation if not for her 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 sex, uh, her her specific sex or gender. Okay, and I see you guys. See, the way I see it is that you guys are are, are making this a gender on gender issue. I'm making this as a fighter talking trash to another fighter issue. Am I wrong for, for seeing it that way for yes. making it a level playing ground? Yes. You, you, I don't you, think you're I, I let me let, let me hop in here because I do think you're wrong for 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 trying to level this playing field. Because the reason why this is wrong is because the playing field is uneven. Because there is this this objectification of female athletes 
specifically in this sport versus the male athletes by by taking the the whole notion of gender out then what ends up happening is then it becomes it it it, it takes out the issue that that we're trying to talk about and 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 that's 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 kind of a a, a moot point at that point the reason so, why this is mm. the reason why this is an issue is because the, the the playing field is not equal because there's objectification and misogyny within our sport and this is this is this this has been condoned as acceptable behavior by a portion of our uh, 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 of of the MMA fan base and by taking that that, that part out then you're to to what what Sonia says here is you're dismissive about the actual issue here. Not at all. Thank you, Sonia. I, I, I like not, it. Not I, I like it back to hold, hold on. Before before I go any further, no one not being not being dismissive of the issue. Ryan, you actually said that this that it is uneven. Okay. So how do we even a playing field if we're going to continuously keep it uneven? How are we going to so, even it out? This plays into my point. I want to take you guys back to Jackie Robinson. Okay. When he, okay. when he, baseball. Let's, 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 All right, here we go. Yes, yes. It's, it's a little bit of apple to oranges, but Jackie Robinson had to endure all this crazy talk when, when he uh, migrated into white baseball. Different people, different baseball players hated on him, called him all kind of N-words, all these racial slurs and things that were going on. And he had to take that and deal with it. It's a very similar situation in that. They weren't after him on the, the terms of, hey, this is an even playing field. Playing field. You came from the Negro Leagues, and now you're in this league. It, it had nothing to do with that. It was all about an issue that he had no control over whatsoever, his color, much like Megan. She has no control over the fact that she was born a woman. She had no control over the conversation that was taking place as well. And this conversation was derogatory in the sense that it, it – like I like I said, it goes back. It objectifies her as a as a human being, as a sexual object. Um, all the and like I said, a couple of days ago, I was on the other side of this argument. I I, I was much like you, uh, John. I I really had to sit down and go through the nuance and and figure it out myself after talking to different women and and getting a different perspective on it and putting myself in that position too. But that's what I want you to take it back to. Think of it in terms of Jackie Robinson and 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 the racial disparities that he endured, and how that played out for him. It it is it's not the same, but there are some similarities in. What there. we can do to make it the same is then say, okay, so they said all of these n words and things about Jackie and Robinson. So let's pull race out, and it's really just a baseball player trying to get in the head of another baseball player. That's really it, mm -hmm. what it is at the end of the day. And so at that point, then, you know, J Jackie Robinson should just have a conversation with these white baseball players who are calling this, this N-word because really they're just trying to get in their head. By taking race out of the equation, then it basically sanitizes it to fair game. And this is something that is fundamentally not fair game. It is so far out of bounds that we as males in this sport or followers of this sport have to stand up and say we do not accept this conversation this type of conversation and we have to, we have to speak about it in but in the closed doors we have to defend it in the closed doors or else it will never get better we can't just do it when everybody's watching 
Okay, so with that said, what do we do then? Do we cancel out Casey? Do we cancel him out? Do we kick him out? Of, do we kick him out of the out of the UFC? Is he suspended? No. Well, so technically, that, that, or do or do we give him give him and Megan a, a locker room and let them and let them deal with that? Technically. Uh, and and uh, we're kind of skipping over the one thing, and 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 so it's important for our listeners to know that um, I, I saw somewhere that 90 minutes after Megan posted her thing, Casey Kinney up posted an apology on Twitter. Um, the apology says, um, "I'm I'm sorry this upset you. I will be more careful with my words. I was just answering a question and thought it was all a joking matter. I see I was wrong, and I'm sorry. Best of luck with training camp and your fight." So this came out about an hour and a half after Megan posted her her disapproval. Uh, Casey Kinney posted his his apology. Do you That's think respect. that that is sufficient? No. Or do you think that there more should be done? No, it's not sufficient. That needs to be face to face. That needs so, to be a face to face conversation. Because so, if you're gonna talk, if, yeah. if if you talk, if you, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Go but ahead. if you talk, be careful what you say and how you say it, because it will always come back to you. I was told that by my by one of my best friends. I was told to, told that by my elders, and it stayed true to this day. Be careful what you say, how you say it. It will come back to you, and after that, how are you gonna deal with it? The best thing that Casey can do is actually. Walk, go, go, go! Step to her and really sincerely apologize in her face. So there could be no misconstruement. Okay, we we saw how he was talking on the podcast. He needs to apologize in the face so she can see the sincerity. And it's up to her on whether she accepts it or not. Is that so, simple? So what what I would say, and and I posted this uh, in response to. I can't remember which there was another female fighter who, who spoke out about this. I, re, I posted it in response to her. I could probably go back and find it. Um, but what I said was, if you said it, if you did her wrong in public, then you need to apologize in public apologize. the right. same way. So so I would I, or bigger like you, you know, and, and, and so that is what's going to build that bridge and, and repair what has been broken. Sending a tweet. That's nice. You acknowledge the fact that you saw it, but it is not sufficient in my in my opinion, because it is easy to it is easy to to write a tweet and to craft it and to edit it until you got it just right and just send it out so that you're not necessarily accepting full blame or responsibility for it. When you come up and let's say after his fight, like this is what I would love to see. So, Casey, Kenny, if you're watching this, this is what I'd love to see you do. If you win your fight. And they ask you a question post fight. Make your apology there. She's going to be in the back. She's going to be able to hear you. She's going to be in the sound of your voice. If you haven't been able to see her, as John is saying, in the back, getting warmed up or whatever, and you haven't been able to make your apology there, make it in the ring on the mic in front of the world to see that you are sorry for doing what you did because you said it in public. You said it on the podcast on a mic. Get on a mic and say it. Say say your apology. That's what I would want to see. That 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 is that would be and be sincere about it. That is the best thing that you can do at this point because you've already said it. You've already made it known how you felt. Be sincere in your apology. 
All right, George, what do you think? I like that. Uh, you know, I, All right. you know, one of the one of the things that we talked about on the forum was about cancel culture, and that that's what you know. You saw there was a lot of back and forth between different folks because that's more of what the topic became about as mm-hmm. as a result of the uh, the initial conversation. And I, what you're saying there, the the idea you have kind of takes out the, the whole idea of cancel culture. This is him trying to make amends and doing the right thing as opposed to us saying, okay, well, Casey Kenny, you're no longer in the UFC. You, you, you shouldn't be on a microphone and we never want to hear from you again and you're banned. So I, I think that, 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 that's, that's going to a different level. The, I think the offense that was made is a personal one. He didn't get graphic with it. He answered the question. He the best he can do at this point is ask for her forgiveness, not for our forgiveness. So in the, in the Twitter thread uh, that stems from Megan Anderson's post, there is a, a, a a Twitter, uh, uh, a Twitter person uh, named Lucas Middlebrook. Lucas Middlebrook says that the UFC's athlete conduct policy as of 2018 would seem to prohibit such conduct, assuming the UFC chooses to enforce its own policy. So I have the UFC standards of conduct that uh, that Lucas Middlebrook posted. And so it's interesting because it says, and, and in, in the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group on Facebook, uh, there was someone who was saying, well, these are independent contractors. Yes, as the UFC's highest profile independent contractors and as ambassadors of the sport of mixed martial arts, athletes are held to a high standard by the UFC the media, and the public. Responsible conduct advances the interests of the sport, UFC, and the athletes. Conversely, irresponsible conduct by an athlete tarnishes the reputation of both the affected athlete and the UFC and undermines the positive image set by other athletes. Here's where it gets to the point of what should happen to Casey Kinney. While criminal activity by an athlete is clearly detrimental to the reputation of the UFC and therefore subjects the athlete to sanctions, other conduct can also result in potential sanctions. In the event an athlete engages in derogatory or offensive conduct, including without limitation insulting language, symbols, or actions about a person's person's ethnic background, heritage, color, race, national, national origin, age, religion, disability, gender, or sexual orientation, such conduct will result in sanctions in the form of contractual reduction from the athlete's purse for his or her next bout. So if the UFC enforces their policy, then we should see Casey Kinney lose a percentage of his next purse. I can't be mad at that. 25% coming up off your check, homie. Better win. That's all I got to say. But it's, there, if it's in the contract, it's, it is what it is. The, the thing is, is that the UFC has been terrible about enforcing these things because Conor McGregor, which we talk about a lot, and I'm sure Kalechi would have been would have loved to hear me talk bad about Conor McGregor. Conor has said some ridiculous bad things in public about people, specifically Floyd Mayweather and, and Habib mm. Nurmagomedov. He has not gotten any kind of punishment. So there's a there's a there's a there's a term, a historical term called salutary neglect, salutary neglect, where you have a policy, but you intentionally do not enforce it. And this is what we see in the UFC 
which is they have this policy. It is written down. It's been in effect for three years. And you've got people who are continuing to break the policy without regard of any type of consequence. So I doubt anything will happen actually to Casey Kenney because Dana White has been clear about his position that he cannot control what his athletes say. And unless it comes down hard in the UFC, it's the only way that you're going to see an athlete get sanctioned or otherwise have consequences. And, and, and you know, Casey Kenney's a, a lower tier fighter. So, you know, if the UFC loses this fighter, it's not like it's, it's a sweat off their back, unlike Conor McGregor. So I think it's unfortunate all the way around. Well, this is a suck situation. It is. But I want to say this was a great conversation. I thought I, I really wanted us to have it, really want us to go in and, and, and investigate it at different angles. Sometimes, and for the audience out there, sometimes we have to take, in order for us to be fair to the topic, we have to take different perspectives in order to represent those perspectives on the show. So it doesn't necessarily mean that any of us actually agree or defend or condone what was said by Tim Welch or, or Casey, Casey Kinney in this, in, 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 on the show. But in order for us to show the entire entirety of the argument, we do have to represent those positions. Let's go on to a new topic. Log jam at 155 pounds. And we were talking about this last week. Because once Conor McGregor got knocked out by by, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that, sir? Knocked okay. out by uh, <laughs> Dustin Poirier, it really threw a lot of flux into the 155 pound, um, you know, five pound uh, division. And 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 the, and the thing is this: like, you guys get to see me and friend of the show Johnny Hearns uh, go back and forth about what we think. The next fights should, um, yes, log jam. Uh, I, I, I see what you're doing there. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, look, it got me again. Um, here's the thing: <laughs> we need to, we we need to to, to try to figure out what's going to happen, right? Matchmakers have a real big problem. Because now that Dustin Poirier has moved up into the number one spot, taking over Justin Gaethje's spot, what we have to do is to think about what's going to be the championship fight if Habib Nurmagomedov relinquishes his title and fully, um, fully um, uh, retires. And so in doing so, I've been a big fan of Charles Oliveira fighting Dustin Poirier for the new lightweight title, and then Michael Chandler fighting Justin Gaethje for the number one contendership, fighting the winner of Poirier versus Oliveira. Well, here's the thing. The UFC tried to book in 11 days Charles Oliveira versus Michael Chandler. Mm. Now, that is shocking that they were going to put a fight on UFC 258 that has such wide ramifications for the 155 pound division and it not be a title fight and so i want to get your reaction to the fact that charles Oliveira turned that fight down his camp said there's no way that we are going to be ranked number three on an eight fight eight fight win streak poised for a title shot and then be asked to fight a fight in 11 days where we would need to cut weight from whatever charles Oliveira walks around at and not have a full camp 
train for an explosive fighter like Michael Chandler. <laughs> like really? Uh, no, no. Yeah. So Oliveira was smart on that one, man. Don't do that. All right, that, and that's poor form on on the UFC for trying to think they were going to do that. I mean, did, were they really thinking that they would both be hyped about it and like, yeah, let's do that? No, they know what they're bringing oh, to the table. I'm sure if you're Michael Chandler, you're like, yeah, let's get this. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, he was uh, no. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Michael Chandler, yeah, because he, he thinks he can whoop everybody down, which is a great attitude to have if you're trying to be the champion. That is great. But Oliveira knows what, what you know what he needs to do. He needs to slow that, slow it down, get a proper training camp in there, and then go after him. Well, that's the thing, is because Michael Chandler is only one week removed from fighting. Mm-hmm. Right? So him cutting back to 155 is not going to be that big of a deal. But when you start thinking about the fact that Charles Oliveira fought over a month ago, dude is back up to his walk around weight. Yeah. Not only that, you remember they offered Chandler a fight a month ago and Dana was like, Oh no, you know, he needs time to recover after the last weight loss, the yep. weight cut and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Why, why didn't Charles Oliveira get the same, you know, uh, love. Yeah, he wants Oliver out of the picture. He wants to put Chandler up there against Poirier. That's what he wants. Right. And so and so the, definitely the trap was set. Um, but but Charles Oliveira and his camp said, no, we're not doing it. We will fight Michael Chandler, but we're going to do it on a full camp. I personally don't think that he should fight Michael Chandler because I think he's well positioned for a title shot. I think he should get the title shot. But if he has to fight one more time, which is what lots of people think he should have to do, then if it if it's fighting if it's fighting Michael Chandler, then I, I say do it, but give him a full camp. Put him on that April card. The April card is going to be huge. Let that be a number three fight. Um, do that. Give him time. Oliveira has no reason. He uh, he is on a on a heavy win streak. He has he has no other reason to not fight for the championship. I I, okay. I agree with you. He has George there is, there does is not. no reason. What George who who else he gotta kill, dog? I mean who else he gotta kill? Who else? I don't Tell know. Me. I, I don't ha- I don't have a straight answer for you, but I don't feel like Charles has earned the shot yet. Only the only big wins he has are over who? Tony Ferguson and Kevin Lee. And, and Kevin Lee. A win is still a win. He still beat up. He still got a, a path of destruction behind him. It doesn't matter if, no. if they made he a fought chance. Nick Lentz like three times. It, um, man, who, who has it, he it, fought? It, it, it's still it, hey man. At the end of the day, he still has a body count. Okay. Yeah. I'm not uh, name somebody on count. his body count that's in the top ten in that division, please. Well, Tony I'm Ferguson? just saying that. Yeah, and, uh, other than Tony that, Ferguson. On top he of that, one guy in the top ten. Two. Just saying, man. Kevin Lee, I think, it's, was at the time in the in the, in the top ten. Um, but the whole point being, though, he's the he. Hey, it's just the luck of the draw. All right, somehow, some way, he made it to number three. We may not like how he got there. But he is there now, okay? Mm-hmm. You may not like the quality of, of how he got there. Guess what? He's got to prove that he's there now. 
All Paul right. Felder has a more legitimate claim on a title shot at 155 than Charles Oliveira. Okay. Where is Paul Felder at right now? Number nine. Okay. So with that said, when when it's all beaten down and that number nine is in the top five by, by rank shifting or whichever, then yes, he can get there. But guess what? Until then, the number three fighter, be it be it, you know, Charles Oliveira, be it uh, Gilberg, be it the honky-tonk man, whoever is in that number three position is going to forward the championship, okay? That's just how it is. I don't, I don't like it because ultimately in the UFC, the ranks don't matter, but guess what? He's there. He's going to go in. He may be going in to, the, to, to Umaga, but he's going in there. All right. That's just how it is. Well, so oh but God. but I, I, I agree with you that if 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 the numbers mean anything, then Oliveira needs to have that title shot. Versus versus Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier is on a two fight win streak. He beat up Conor McGregor. He beat up Dan Hooker. There you go. Justin Gaethje doesn't have a fight. He, his last fight was a, was for the title against Habib Nurmagomedov. He got submitted in the second round. He needs at least one fight to, to, to go and, and vie for the title. That sh- fight should be against Michael Chandler. If he fights Michael Chandler, then the winner of that fight should get, get the title shot against the winner of Poirier and, and Oliveira. Your top four, you have, your to- you, you, you have it, it's set. Okay, so in this conversation, I could sit there and say that Michael Chandler does not need to be there because he just showed up, but since he's there... And he's in the t- top four. You got to give him the fight. There it is. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not so a fan that, of this. That, that's, a, that's another one. How does Chandler jump to four after beating only the number six guy? I would say that everybody from, from seven all the way to 15 should be one to whoop this dude down something fierce. Okay. Be- but Because, because was, was Dan Hooker number six? He was number six at the time when he fought him. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Yes. There. I mean, because I'm sorry, I I do not agree with with. I mean, I'm glad Chandler's here, but homie, you do best at top ten, not top five. I don't care if you're one punching people. Okay. If you're if you're doing a one punch one kill. Okay. All I need is you one do- punch to end it. Exactly. I, I I don't care. You still you can start at top ten because you are a champ. We will grant you the fact that you are a champion in a different in a different company, but you're here in a different league. You can start in the top ten, not the top fifteen, but I'll give you top ten. The, the, the problem he could have fought he could have fought uh, Paul Felder, and guess what? If he had beat him, then then we could start jumping him up. The, the 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 fact is is that he, he he's coming in with with a lot of accolades from Bellator. He fought the number six guy, but your number four guy also lost in Conor McGregor. Conor fell mm-hmm. twice. Dan Hooker fell twice. That created a spot for Michael Chandler. It, it was a one punch knockout. And this is the one thing that I that for me, you know, I hate like fights that that don't go as long as they need to to see what the actual outcome was going to be. But because we're talking about it, this is a nice segue to what happened to Dan Hooker, right? Dan Hooker was surging. This dude was coming up the ranks. He was getting ready to have a claim for a title shot himself. 
coming out of city kickboxing, this is where Israel Adesanya, Alexander Volkanovsky, those guys in New Zealand breeding championship MMA fighters, this guy was going to be the third belt that they were going to get potentially at 155. And he gets destroyed by Michael Chandler in Michael Chandler's debut. They finally caught up with him. And here's what he said. He's, you know, he, he said that this is one of those funny things where you, you, you have to rely part on your strategy, part on your reaction time. I zigged when I should have zagged. He, he, he faked down like he was going to take me down. I reacted to that, and he came over the top with a, with, with, with a, with a big okay, punch right. and hit me on the chin. And he's like, it happens sometimes. Those little gloves, you just can't, you can't take it. No one can take a punch on the chin. When it's on the button, it's on the button. And he caught me on the button, and basically that's what happened. So, you know, it, it's, 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 it's a story of getting caught by a fighter. And that's 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 kind of what happened. Now, he also threw took off his gloves and threw them, left them in the ring as fighters do when they retire. He also spoke to that and he said, I was upset. I was I was angry about how I lost. This was basically four months of my life that were completely wasted. And so my initial reaction was to throw the, the, the gloves in the middle of the ring and say I quit. He's like, by the time I got back to the to my hotel and had a moment to think about it. I was like, what the hell else am I going to do? This is, this is the only thing I'm good at. So he said it was an emotional reaction to having lost, which is what he did, but he has zero intention of retiring from the sport. Good. He doesn't need to. People lose. That's, that's just the game. You know, Mike Tyson said it best. Everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face. You know, that, that, that's just how it went. I like Dan Hooker. I think he's a phenomenal fighter. Um, I don't want him to get relegated to the cowboy Cerrone of 155. You know what I'm saying? Where he he's, he has these great performances, but he fails to show up on, on the fights where he needs, you know, that big win. And I think we, we've seen that with Dan now at least twice. And so I'm, I'm, a little, I'm a little concerned in that sense. He's not showing up for the big boy fights when he needs to. He lost to who? Dustin Poirier. Mm-hmm. in a very similar fashion, and now that, that fight with Michael Chandler. He's more than capable of beating both these guys. We know you've guys seen Dan Hooker when he's on. When he's on, he's on. Mm-hmm. You know, this, yeah. this is a guy that he trains with champions. You know what I'm saying? So it, it's not like this guy isn't capable. But I wonder, are the big lights getting to him when it's that time, when that pressure's on? I don't think so. I think this was really – I think this is more of a uh, of an accolade for Michael Chandler than it is a detriment to uh, Dan Hooker. No, but I don't. I think the only person that knew what Dan Hooker was capable of doing, uh, I mean, who knew what Michael Chandler was capable of doing, was Michael Chandler at that time. He knew he was going in there to destroy him. Okay, I didn't. So I did. I'm the only one who picked him. Oh, here he goes. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, well, you know, K- well, KC you, only picked one. I, 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 I'd like you guys to go back and watch that fight. Dan did not look himself stepping into the, the octagon that night. He did look tentative. He he he, he did. He looked, look he looked very timid. He did. He, yeah. And so that's why I'm saying, like, is this a situation where we've got you know Cowboy 2.0? Is is this a guy that doesn't show up? when the pressure's on 
You know, is there is there some mental block going on? I, I, I really I challenge need- you guys to go back and watch that fight and look at his demeanor and the, the way he handled the fight itself. Not the loss, but, you know, walking up into the octagon, um, the announcements when, when Buffer's calling his name and things like that. And maybe go back and watch some of his previous fights, walk out and things like that, and see, do you notice some timidity going on and, and wonder wh- where that came from? That would definitely have to be a challenge because, I mean, I, I, I don't see – Hooker being being at that being like the next Donald Cerrone, I don't see that. Uh, I just you know one off night, but you know what? Definitely need to go back and take a look. Then right. I, I'll and challenge myself now, to do that. The other thing, you know, the the other side of the game on this, this guy could be a Dustin Poirier in the future. Because think about it like this: Dustin Poirier, several years ago, six years ago, got got his clock clock cleaned by Conor McGregor. Look mm-hmm. at him now. Yep. Look at him now. About to be that champion. So, so Bon Kui Kui out there on on YouTube said uh, Dan Hooker's a big lightweight. I thought he was going to beat Chandler, but uh, he thinks he was a little bit reckless. I, I I liked what I liked what what Hooker said. He goes he zigged when he should have zagged. Which I I think now I'm going to have a T-shirt made that says always zag. Because anytime you zig, you you end up you should have zagged. So it's always zag, never zig. Oh my! That's gonna goodness. be my shirt. New combat sports talk shirt coming out. It's gonna say always zag. Period. Um, someone who should have zagged and has a lot of zags in her name is Joanna Young Jaychick. You don't pronounce any of the Z's, but they're there. Um, she is. They look like they're gonna put that. Uh, her against. Yan Xiaoyan, Xiaonan, there you go, um, uh, who is another Chinese fighter who actually, remember we talked about this with uh, Zhang Weili, they've trained in the same gym. They know each other. They're both coming up from China. Both of these are elite female strikers. Uh, Yan Xiaonan is a woman who wants to fight Zhang Weili, but she's got to get that marquee name on her on her uh on her belt um and and so joanna young j chick is still trying to get that that rematch against zhang Weili, but she needs a win as well so it looks like they're going to put these two fighters in it looks like it's going to be a great opportunity for them to make their claim either for a rematch or a title shot um against zhang Weili, who is fighting carla esparza and you you know how i feel about them matching up Carla Esparza with Zhang Weili. Now, the time has come for us to select one courageous young woman for the honor of representing District 12 in the 74th annual Hunger Games. That's right. They are making Carla Esparza a tribute to Zhang Weili. I hate it. It should be Rose Thug Hair Note. No hair, Nama Yunus. I hope Carla Esparza goes in there and like does the ultimate double leg takedown, just puts her through the mat. I'm talking about put her through the mat, Matt Hughes style. Okay, I don't even like Matt Hughes, but I could recognize the man knew how to slam. Okay, and I, I I just hope it happens so I can sit there and call you, Ryan, and be like, Hey, dude, what you doing? Listen, just watch that. I'll tell you like this. 
if Carla Esparza beats Zhang Weili in a fight for the title, I will go and buy a crow and I will keep the crow with me for the rest of the year on the screen. I don't want you to do that, dude. Crow's bite takes eyes out, man. No, 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 no. A uh, fake crow. Like, uh, I don't want a you simulation to look, crow. Maybe it'll okay. end up being a, a Baltimore Raven that we'll call a crow. I don't know. But I'm going <laughs> to, right here on the, on the wall behind me, I will mount a crow so that it sits over my shoulder for the rest of the year for being that wrong about Carla Esparza. I'm just saying, man. Um, I just don't want you to end up looking like Nick Fury with a real one. That's all I'm saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, by the way, it was a cat that scratched out his eye, not a not a crow. No, that was not no cat. That was a flurg. All right, get it right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I am trying. I'm not trying to go back into Marvel Universe. You guys clearly own that mental space. You brought it there. You brought it to the court. I just dunked, dude. That's all I do. All right. That's what I do. So, All right. We're getting some, some questions from uh, Bung Kui Kui. Uh, one of the things he asked was, um, how would a Ferguson versus Chandler fight play out? I know we kind of moved on from that. Yeah. But uh, just a thought Violently. on that. Guy. Violently. Uh, you know, uh, the, the, the thing is, is I, I, as much as I am a Tony Ferguson fan, you guys know he's my number two guy after Mighty Mouse, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm starting to think that Tony Ferguson represents the old guard and what we are seeing is a new crop of dynamic fighters who do not fight in a way that's compatible with Tony Ferguson. Now I'm going to, I'm ride or die for Tony Ferguson. I will pick him, but I think that when you put someone like Chandler, he's very similar to Justin Gaethje, very explosive, very powerful. We saw how that played out. Tony's got to get this fight to the ground. He's got to use jujitsu and neutralize a lot of these strengths. And I, I'm concerned that he would take too much damage. Um, and 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 this would not be a fight that that, that looks good for him. Right. Hmm. All right. Anybody else? No, that well, that's how, you know. I'm I'm surprised though that you think that Tony Ferguson is already old guard. Did you say? I mean, are you saying that he is the last of the old guard? I I I I think he he may be the last of the old guard. Um, I, I don't I forgot what season of the Ultimate Fighter he was on. Um, but it was it was the mid season, like eight, six or eight, something around there. Yeah. So he's been here a long time. He's been in some wars and I've followed Tony Ferguson's career, uh, you know, for a very long time. I, 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 I think that he needs to change something up, add a wrinkle to his game because the game is continuing to evolve and he is working with his own coaches in his own little nexus. And I think he needs to go and maybe experiment outside of snap jitsu. I know this is blasphemy. I don't want I don't want El Kakui to come out from under my bed and be like, "Hey, are you talking about me?" <laughs> no, 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 I'm sorry, Tony. This is just speculation well, here. Couple of fun facts that he is uh, he's 36 years old. His birthday is on February the 12th, so happy birthday! You know, coming up. Um, yeah, he is 36, 37. So yeah, he is. He's seen some things. He was on uh, season 13. 13. Okay. Um, 
of the Ultimate Fighter. That was 2010, and he was actually on Team Lesnar, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he he, he won. So, yeah. So so, so, so that, that's 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 my thought. Um, I, I I think that he he represents the old guard. I think things are changing. The game is evolving, and I think that he's probably going to need to have a something change, a new wrinkle in his game if he wants to wants to keep staying relevant. Because he's he's starting to he's starting to. I'm really concerned about him. All right, it, let's it let let let's go on. Um. So we talked about Joanna and Jaychik. The question that I had for you guys about Joanna is mm-hmm. if she loses to uh, Yan Zhao Nan, does does Joanna fall into that Uriah Faber role? Remember Uriah Faber, where he was a world beater for everybody under ranked under like two or three, and then when he got a title shot, he couldn't win it, and and you know. At, he he got a title shot. He couldn't win it, and so he just stayed at like number one and number two, and was the gatekeeper. If you wanted to get a title shot, you kind of had to beat Uriah Faber. Are you saying that she is a bridesmaid, but never the bride? Are well, she's already that? she's already been the bride, and she was you know she was on her way to being the <laughs> most decorated uh, female champion in the UFC until she met Rose Thug No Hair Nama Yunus. Right. And then she lost twice to Rose. The, the the thing is, is that at this point, Joanna has fought for the title. At least three times. Um, I think she fought. I, I, I think Valentina Shevchenko was champion when she fought Yo- Valentina. Um, and so you've seen Joanna fight a whole bunch of times. Add to that that she's starting to ask for more money and you start running into a situation where. I don't think the UFC has a lot of a, a lot of patience and tolerance for her. So, you know, I'm a big fan of Joanna Jacek, but I think she ends up I, I think she ends up with uh, with gatekeeper status if she doesn't beat uh, Yan Zhao Nan uh, in, in if they make that fight in April. Man, forget that gatekeeper status. She might be on that 60 list. All right. If she be. doesn't win. Mm could be so as for a fun story dustin poyer we were talking about him he is going to be on the next episode of hot ones now we know that he's got a hot sauce that he's been selling actually it's he's been selling out because he ain't got no more um and and so he's going to be on hot one so i'm interested in seeing how he does because he is from louisiana you know they like the cayenne pepper and so uh we're gonna see if he can handle we can handle that what, what, what's wrong? I mean, uh, I'm sorry, you you broke up there a little bit. What what kind of cayenne, pepper? Was that? Cayenne pepper. Oh, cayenne, 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 okay. cayenne pepper. Oh. All right, my bad, my bad. Uh, yeah, he's got you know. I'm not gonna talk bad about Louisiana because I love Louisiana. I love the food. I love the people. Um, don't like the alligators except when they're when they're cooked. You know, mm-hmm. cooked alligators awesome. Um. Yeah, I think he'll be fine. I think All he'll right. be fine even at the hottest. I, I'm gonna level. watch it. I'm gonna watch it. I, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, we definitely I'll gonna re- watch it. I'll report back. Um, and he's gonna be, um, I think of the when next one. It? Uh, it says uh, th- this story doesn't have a date on it, so I don't. I don't actually. Know. Um, it just says 11 a.m. Eastern. So okay, soon? well, 
soon, soon. <laughs> this week, maybe. <laughs> yeah, the, Thursday. The He's going to be on Thursday. Thursday oh, at yeah, 11 hot, Eastern. Yeah, that hot sauce is real, though, man. I've seen okay. people, you know, like Idris Elva said, he asked the guy, did, did he know how to fight? Did he want to fight? Because he, <laughs> after he cooked the hottest one. Oh, wow. But, hey, do you know how to fight? Do you want to fight? It's like, oh, dang, <laughs> Idris. Come on, man. But, yeah. Speaking of asking someone if they know how to fight, uh, this weekend is Knuckle Mania. Bare Knuckle FC has their uh, their main event is UFC's Paige Van Zant is going to make her debut at BKFC fighting with no gloves on. And a lot of people are concerned about Paige because Paige was not that great in the UFC. She won some fights. She was a great fighter. But not that great, not title contention great. And so now that the gloves are coming off, now that she's getting into a ring where she's going to be expected to stand and bang, the question is whether or not Paige is going to like how she looks after this match. And so because she's heard it so much, people have, she basically had to tell people that, listen, I ain't scared of getting cut up, I ain't scared of having scars on my face. Actually, statistics show that having scars on your face makes you more attractive. I don't. I. I, I don't know. I, I'm. I mean. I, you know. I. I heard many miscellaneous facts in my life, but um, I don't know about that one. I mean, do I like a chick with a scar? Eh, you know. Eh. I might be. I. I might be like, hey, girl, what's up? But you know, I don't know. Right. So so statistically, it is actually true that facial scars, at least for women, men, they, they find men more attractive by several points if they have facial scars. If women have facial scars, men do not have a preference whether they have facial scars or not. Men, it, it, they, they are equally attractive. So she is right that statistics do show that face scars make you more attractive but that's for the men women find men more attractive but for for women men don't really care it, she, so Paige Van Zandt can go how she looks today she can start looking like you know have the scars like Frankenstein or or whatever on her face hold men on, are man. not gonna care hold on no wait, hold on I feel can't. like we on the verge of a Casey Kenny conversation no 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 I'm not we're not we're not talking about that this is this is statistical this is this is this is based on the, the the article that she was basically quoting, the study that she was quoting, that men do not have a preference whether or not women have scars on their face or not. That's all we're saying. We're not saying anything more than that. Break, we're going to pick that fight. From zero to ten, how hot <laughs> is. <laughs> we're not going there because that would be wrong, right? It would be wrong to objectify mm. uh, Paige Van Zandt in that way. I would actually prefer that she stops doing some of the other stuff that kind of eggs that 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 type of people on. Ooh, anyway, that's a deep conversation there, sir. That's a conversation for another day. Moving on to the next topic, ladies and gentlemen. Moving on to the next topic, <laughs> and that topic is that topic is the fight cards happening this weekend. Let's get into it. The fight card. All right, this is the fight card. This is where we look at the t fights that are happening this weekend. UFC Vegas 18, Overeem versus Volkov, Saturday, 
February 6th, 2021 at the UFC Apex Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. We have six fights on the card. Benil Dariush is back in action facing off against Diego Ferreira. Now, Benil, Benil Dariush, we, we like to call him out on the show because he is one of those people that are near and dear to John Keyes' heart. Why, mm. might you ask? Is the reason why Benil Dariush is near and dear to John Keyes' heart is because Benil Dariush is known for walking out to music such as Rock With You by Michael Jackson or Broken Vessels by Hillsong or other types of not warrior music, but just kind of sentimental or Christian faith based music. Uh, not uh, something you would expect. I'm just saying, it's just that music that makes you think, do I really need to fight this guy? Is it really that important that I get this check? Or do I just take this L and call it a day? That's well, all. a lot of fighters have been taking L's from, from Benil Dariush because he's, I, I think he's on a win streak. He's been, He's been actually yeah. surging at 155 and could could find his way into the top 10 with a few more fights like this one. Uh, Cody Stamen is fighting Andre Ewell, and that's a late fight replacement. I, I think it was a COVID positive uh, 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 test that got Cody's uh, original opponent out. So we'll see what happens there. Manel Cape is fighting Alexandra uh, Pantoja. Or maybe it's Pantoja, depending on whether or not they're from Brazil or not. M- uh, Macy Chaseon. Ch- no, Chaseon. Chaseon, thank you. Uh, facing off against Marion Renault. In the co-main event, you've got Frankie Edgar versus Corey Sanhagen. Uh, that's going to be a really good fight. And then in the main event, Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. We're going to flash fight pick the Frankie Edgar and Corey Sanhagen fight. So, Coach, who you got, Frankie Edgar or Corey Sanhagen? I'm going old school Frankie. All right, Frankie Edgar. Uh, John? Oh, I love Frankie Edgar. Okay, just for the simple fact that if you beat, if you beat one of my favorites, you instantly become my favorite. Okay. All right. Just how it is. So, uh, so I'm going with Corey Sanhagen. Uh, of course you are. New guard, new guard. <laughs> the old guard is going away, man. This is this is it. Frankie Edgar is 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 old is old guard, and uh, I think Too this, fast, is, this is it. Too fast. It's a, it's a young man sport. It's a young mm. man sport. All right. In the main event of the evening, you got Alistair Overeem versus Alexander Volkov. John Keys, who you got? Oh man, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of meat to move in that ring. Um. I'm going to go with the Overeem. Okay. Coach. I'm going to rock with Overeem as well, man. Uh, I would take Volkov, but I can't, uh, you know, you can't stop the surge, man. I'm going to ride Overeem because this guy's been just making it happen. Wait, wait, stop, stop, stop. You're, You're violating your own rules, sir. Oh. Is rule number one, isn't it? Is yeah. Rule number one. Yeah. Oh. Okay. So this is what we know. Rule number one is never bet against the Russians. And I thought so, that was what, when they're in Russia, though. No, no, no. 
That's no, rule no, number no, two. Whenever. Never bet against the Brazilians when they're in Brazil. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so therefore, well, I am changing uh, my. I'm changing my pick. I'm going drink. with rule number one. You got to drink, yes, because well, I invoked rule number one. So I was gonna say. All of Alistair Overeem's last fights, uh, his last seven fights, have all ended by knockout. Whether he got knocked out or he not, or he knocked out his opponent, <laughs> they get finished. Just saying. Okay. <laughs> so don't don't expect this one to go to the judges, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody's going to sleep. Yeah, I, I out don't, of those I don't seven, yeah. out of those seven fights, um, he he actually only lost three of them. Uh, he lost against Francis Ngannou, Curtis Blades, and then uh, who was the other one? Um, Rosenstruck. I don't know. No, Rosenstruck. yeah, yeah, yeah. How you say his name? Yarhenzo Rosenstruck. Yeah. So expect somebody to go to sleep. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think Volkov is going to be. It, it got knockout power. He's going to cut him up with a thousand, you know, thousand paper cuts. But I don't think he's going to finish him. He's got to go. Yeah. He's got to go the distance. All right. We would be remiss. We would be remiss if we did not flash fight pick Knuckle Mania main event. Now, Chris Lieben, if you remember Chris Lieben, he is still fighting in Bare Knuckle FC, facing off against Quentin Henry. You got Johnny Bedford versus Dat Win. Um, not and that, then the, that win. Okay. Not that Dat Win. All right. Yeah. As not that Cowboys, Dat Win. That, is as the Cowboys Dat Win. Not that one. It's a different Dat Win. All yeah. right. And then in the main event, you got Paige Van Zandt versus Britton Hart. So let's go ahead and make that flash fight pick. How many of you guys, which of you guys have Paige Van Zandt to win this fight? Man, y'all both. I'll take her. I'll take her. I'm, John, I'm rolling with Paige on this as well. <laughs> She's been on those big, big stages. So I'll, I'll give, I'll, I'll buy that. You know, I'll be your huckleberry. All right. <laughs> Well, I am not a believer. I am hater number one. So uh, definitely put me on wow. the Britain Hart hype train uh, because how, I'm how taking How much research her. have you done on Britain Hart? Can you see that? Bro. Right. It looked like the inside of a donut. That much. <laughs> I mean, is she related to like Bret Hart? Or? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. But no yeah, so I, I got no reason other than I don't believe Paige Van Zandt is going to make that transition to uh, Bare Knuckle FC in a smooth way. So may, maybe maybe they they've booked a tomato can for Paige Van Zandt possible because it definitely suits the promotion having Paige Van Zandt win in dominating fashion. But I just I this is a lady who was on Dancing with the Stars, y'all. Just saying, she's not a she's not a grimy boxer in the in bare knuckle boxer. Hold on, Chuck Liddell was on Dancing with the Stars. Did hmm. he come back to the UFC afterwards? Did he come back to fighting afterwards? Yeah, he did come back to fighting. Did he get finished? Yes, by he Tito did. Ortiz. Thank you. Yes, I rest yes. my case. <laughs> I rest my case. If you have gotten to your point in your career where Dancing with the Stars is an option. You probably aren't a fighter anymore. Wow. So what if you're the mass singer? Is that is that down low on the totem pole too? I'm just saying, if you're if you're doing reality yes, shows, yes, ladies and gentlemen. You probably you're probably done. 
you're probably done. You, you, you're starting to think career options outside of your sport at this point. You're probably done. The same. Wow. Follow us on social media on Instagram. I'm at Combat Sports Talk. Coach. I'm at Darkside underscore Muay Thai underscore. And John Keys. I am at Keys to Victory, and that's Keys with an ES. All right. You can find us on our website at www.combatsportstalk.com, and we are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Wherever you find your podcast, we, Combat Sports Talk, are there. I want to send a shout-out to MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, Bloody Elbow, and we've already plugged it, but we'll plug it again, the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group on Facebook. Join us there because that's where a lot of these conversations begin. So on behalf of George G. Money Stallworth and John Keyes, my name is Ryan Smith reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs. We'll catch you next time.